thank you, preacher. It's a joy to be here. Of course, at my age, it's a joy to be anywhere. Uh, You can be seated if you'd like. Uh, I was just a little bit late uh, getting here. I had a a funeral, and uh, it wasn't until 3.30, and I preached real hard. I really don't preach that hard at a funeral, but I preach here real hard. And uh, my wig worked, but toupee worked loose. So I got, got outside, didn't realize the wind is blowing like that, and here went my toupee. <laughs> and I took off after that toupee, lost one of my shoes. And I got my toupee, but couldn't find my other shoe. Uh, April Fool. <laughs> It is a joy to be here. Uh, I'm still young at heart. And there's really no older than you want to be anyhow. Uh, I found out folks don't complain. It gets older joyfully. Start complaining about Lumbago and all the author and all his brothers. And uh, you'll get old in a hurry. Just to learn to grin and bear it and go on with it. But it's a joy to be here. I, I met your pastor 75, 80 years ago, I guess it was. You'll get me for that, but it uh, has been a good long while. Uh, he was a member of the church my mother was, but he was just a boy growing up. And I come to know Jerry then, and We've known and loved each other for a long, long time. And, uh, I was uh, blessed and honored the other day when uh, I got a call on me to come for a banquet. And of course, you didn't know this, but you're celebrating my birthday. My birthday is yesterday. And I, that's, a, that's the best Valentine Mama ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, life has been good. I thought about it. I had to sit down on that first question. Anybody ever wear socks two days in a row? <clears throat> he said you ought not to lie, but uh, I just wondered these folks didn't grow up when I did. <laughs> we didn't hang our overalls up. We got them up. We stood them up in the corner. <laughs> but... Uh, there's something about those days I was born, 1930. Been some tough days, but and somebody told us it was cool. I didn't know that. Somebody told us that. I thought it was getting on pretty good. Amen. When some of the boys at school was eating peanut butter, I was eating ham biscuits. And of course, one time I traded my ham biscuit for a peanut butter sandwich. Just silly. But, <laughs> but it did. But it did. Uh, those were some difficult days when we we look back, but uh, they were good days. And, uh, I have a good life. I, I was born in the pastor's home uh, down Lincoln County, not Lincoln, but Caston County. And uh, uh, I was born that morning, 15 minutes after 9, on Valentine's Day. I was six months old, and I had double pneumonia. And uh, old Dr. Taylor, who uh, delivered me into this world, uh, my mom told me this after Dad passed on. Said uh, uh, he said, "Preacher Lockie, 
if God don't intervene, uh, this boy won't be here in the morning uh, when the day breaks. But Mom told me that Dad went out on the porch that night, said she could hear him praying. And he said, Lord, if this is my first son, and if you give him life, I'll give it to you. And uh, that prayer that night at Little Mill Hill Village down Gaston County, that's the reason I'm here tonight. Life's good. It does have its ups and downs. Has a lot of joys, more joys than sorrow, really. And then when it's all said and done, you and I really don't have the ability to know what a good day is and a bad day. We don't. We'll try to calculate those things. And I guess when Abraham stood on Mount Moriah with a sharp dagger in his hand and his teenage boy on an altar, what this roughest day I've ever had. But I'm sure when they buried him down at Macfield, that uh, before he we went to that tomb, he said, You know, I believe that's the best day I ever had. So, the best we can do is never try to determine what's a good day and a bad day. Some of the low parts in your life, when you get a few years on you, you learn them in those low days was when God was really doing something in your life. I know some of the most difficult days in church battles after preaching now almost 58 years now. Uh, sometimes I thought it was the worst times of my life. I was in school in Dallas, Texas and uh, having a tough time. I'd left a good job. I was making more money than the average person did. And I had bought me a home and, and had a couple automobiles and with too many people in development I lived in had two automobiles. Doing real good. Before my first year was over, uh, in school, everything we had was gone. But I look back at some of those days, preacher, and uh, God was breaking some ground in my heart that could have never been broken any other way. And those are some of the best days of my life. If you have a copy of the Word of the Lord tonight, I'm going to be a brief. Now, my wife tells me, never tell me you're going to be brief because you don't know the uh, uh, definition of that word. But I will be. Uh, I want to thank you, Brother Jerry, for inviting us to come. And uh, thank you for the food. It's, it was good. I had a uh, fellow came in uh, a little while before we'd leave and and uh, I ate just a, a spoonful of chicken salad and, and drank a little something we left. And so uh, it's been a kind of slim day would have come to eat it for me. I had uh, several, several hours of busy time today. Thank you so much. And I enjoyed uh, the fellowship with you. And uh, some of you I've never met. Uh, I helped Brother Jerry when he was down the road on the left. How long goes that bit, Brother Jerry? Long while. He's like I am, he's too, too old to remember. That's all right. That's all right. Um, 
Uh, look, if you would please, if you have a copy of the Word of the Lord. And uh, you'll probably wonder why in the world you're choosing this, uh, this passage of Scripture. It's in 2 Kings chapter 5. And I'm just going to read a couple of verses here and, and talk with you. You know, one of the most difficult things in, in our life is learning how to get adjusted to situations. It's really difficult. Because uh, every situation is a little different. I wish I could sit down and tell you one, two, three, and give you good counsel on everything you'll face in life. It's really not that easy. And because every, everything you face has, is a little different sided. But there's some things that you can you can do to help get adjusted to where you are. That's what I'm going to talk with you just a little while here tonight. Let me, I've got, I don't have a large print Bible. I have a huge print Bible. They call it giant print. That's not large print. That's a giant print. That if I'd hold my Bible up like this, you could probably read it back there. But I brought a little copy, and uh, I'm not going to read a great deal because these, these words start running together with me after a while. But I, I want to bring your attention now to verse 1. Now Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man and with his master, and honorable because he had with him the Lord, and had given him deliverance of the Syria. And he also was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out in companies and had brought away a captive out of the land of Israel with a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And I'm, I'm going to stop right there. I'll, I'll fill the rest in as we go. I want you to look at, the, I want you to look at first of all, the man uh, with a leper. Uh, here's a man could could go down in the battle wearing a turban with a sharp sword. And had always been with him, and uh, the kind of mind that they had under that turban, death didn't bother him at all. You hear the cries of a dying soldier on the battlefield. It was music to a hard-hearted man, and he he lived in glory in his position. But one day, I don't know whether he pulled, pulled up the sleeve of his coat. What he did, but he found a white spot. Every man in the Middle East knew what a white spot was. On his dark complexion, he got leprosy. Everything he'd ever known had fallen apart. All the glories of the battle, the victories of those battles that he had fought, become nothing now. His castles had crumbled. Just like a wave would hit the beach on a child's playhouse. It's gone. Everything he'd ever hoped for. The first thing he thought in mind, I'm going to hide this. I don't want my family to know this. Yet not now. And so he hid these spots of the leprosy. Because he knew when it was known, he'd have to say goodbye to his family. Kiss his children goodbye. Spend his last days, eat his last meal, and off to the leper camp. Because it was tremendously, tremendously contagious. And he'd be put in the camp all alone. He'd be forgotten after a few months. 
all the battles that he fought, the ribbons that he might have decked on the shoulders of his, of his uniform. He knew they'd be gone. And he'd soon be a forgotten man. He's breaking his heart. Could I pause to say this? Sin does the same thing. Sin will give you glory for a while. And you think everything's going your way. But all of a sudden, that's your spot. All of a sudden, there's a brokenness. All of a sudden, the joy's gone. All, all, all of a sudden, all the things that brought a thrill are no longer thrilling. And so Laman, Laman decided to go home. I can see him as he goes. And at one of his trips down in Israel, he took a little maiden and took a captive. I don't know her name yet. The Bible didn't record her name. We'll meet her one day. I just call her plain Jane. You see, she probably come from just average home. Probably never went to the beauty shop. She probably had acne bumps on her face. Not very attractive. But Naaman said she'd make a good, a good little maid up at the house, washing the dishes, scrubbing the floors, clean up the dirt. She'd make a good one. And so they carried away captain. They carried away not too far, three, four hundred miles. And so they carried her away and made a slave out of her. Naaman comes home this day, and he's going to tell his family now what's happening. Leprosy now was almost too, gone too far to hide. And so he's going to tell his family this day what's happening. Somehow or another, the little girl back in the kitchen, little Syria, little, little maid they brought from Israel, rather, she had found out about what was going on. And she was listening tentatively. She wasn't allowed to go into the table. She was a, as a slave. She wasn't allowed to talk, say anything, to the mistress or to Naaman. She was kind of secluded, a maid. Who would ever thought she'd amount to anything anyhow? Probably never gone any further than third grade. Never knew what it was to get a fingernail done. that. As I said, she'd never been to the beauty shop. She'd never been to Walmart to buy lipstick and rouge and whatever goes with She'd never had that kind of pleasure. Just mopping old floors. Sweeping the part this dirt. I mean, no, nobody and nothing. But somehow or another, she got the message. Naaman's got leprosy. He sits down at the table. Was like you and I did tonight. Meals being served now. And during that meal, I can hear Naaman. Now, this is not the scripture. Don't go look for it when you know. But I, I can, I can see him as a. He stops the meal just before dessert's come. And he steals a family, those around him, some, maybe the butler, been waiting on the table and others around. He said, I want you all to be quiet. I want you to be still now. He breaks the news. I've got leprosy. I can see him reach and pull up his sleeve. And I can see him show his wife. And then I see her face turn his tail at the shirt on my arm. The reality of what's happening was devastating. It's like when I had a, had a gentleman the other day call me and said, said, Brother Pastor, I'm having a real difficult time. So I call you when I get back to the hospital today. I've got some things that really do not look well. 
He called me back and said uh, uh, the next day, he said, Brother Lockheed, they've run some tests. They found out, I've got a little problem there, and it's, uh, it, it, it's probably, probably cancer, but, uh, uh, but we're not going to worry about it right now. But on the other end of that line, there was a quiver of voice. It's not confused. See, cancer's not too bad to the you. Sickness is not difficult to the come die. And then we're going to have to learn to deal with it. We're going to have to learn to cope with things we figured we'd never have to cope with. And you know it would be good for you tonight to look down the road and say, Lord, I want you to teach me to cope with things that I can handle. Now this is where that little girl was. Here she is all, all alone. Hadn't seen her family since the day they'd carried away captive. The life is devastating. But what she's doing now, she's getting adjusted to things that she did not have any power or authority over. That's hard to do. You've got to work at it. You don't come natural. You don't get that down to psychiatrist or couch. Get it from God. Get it from Him. Now, on the other end of the palace where this little girl was, was the best. But in her quarters, it was very meager. But she had gotten adjusted to it. She said, I'm here. I'm going to make the best out of it. And so when the news was broken, that uh, Naaman had leprosy. I'm, I'm not sure of this. But when she found it out, I, <laughs> I can just imagine. She had, she had learned. I mean, you didn't get very old down in Israel till you learned the biggest part of the Psalms and you was able to sing them. Because that's what it's all about, you know. We, we, we sing about experiences. They sang out of the book. And oh, what, oh, the difference it was. I do not know what she may have sang. And she may not have sung anything. But somehow I want to believe she did. And I think when everything was, tears were slipping down the eyes of a wife and other folks was devastated, I think she started out singing, I wish I could sing this, Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down besides still waters. And I can see Naaman's wife slip up from the table as fast as she could. She runs through the swinging door that leads into the kitchen and she tells, tells the little maiden, Hush! Hush! By that time, Naaman is standing at the swinging door. And he looks at the little maiden said, by the way, is there another verse to that song? Sing it for me. She finished up the song. Naaman said, that's sweet. She said, you know, I wish you knew my Lord down in Israel. I'm going to tell you something. If you've got anything to offer, it'll be the Lord. 
If you've got anything that will comfort the heart that's broken beyond repair, be the Lord. Be the Lord. Now she could have said, like most of us, she could have said when the news went through to the kitchen, Naaman's got leprosy. If that would have been Brother Jerry, the average average church member, or maybe the average preacher, he said, good enough for He's drugged me off of my home and he's made my life miserable. Good enough. <laughs> you never meet up in situations by referring or taking on other people and being detrimental to them when you ought to be encouraged. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth. But that's how I've got through these last years with our government. Because I know God's on the throne. And I know God knows what He's doing. And these are some devastating days. But when I look at the history of America tonight, we will deserve everything we're getting. We will deserve it. I know God's on the throne, and I know one day everything will iron out and be perfectly right. But now I've got to get adjusted to the situation I'm in. Who say to you, mother, to dads tonight? I don't know your children, but some of you may be here tonight and you've got a boy or girl. I mean, it's giving you down the road. They don't like your discipline. They don't like your hours of coming home. And you, you, you know that there, there's, a, there's a chasm between you and that child. Okay, son. You stay Christian with it. And you say, God help me to get adjusted to the situation I'm in. I know this lady had a little boy, she down syndrome, born in the home. When she said to me one day, How in the world am I ever going to cope? I said, let me, let me just say this, number one. God don't trust everybody with that kind of child. Just don't trust everybody. You ought to say, God gives me a special child because I'm a special brother. Oh, you see, life's so short. And I know I know that we want, we want our pathway strong with roses. But it's always that way. So we're going to have to learn to cope with what we have. And Brother Jerry and I have been pastor for a long time. And I've learned by experience. I've got to get adjusted situations. Uh, he, Brother Jerry didn't come to this church to leave. He, he didn't come to this church for his stepping stone to get high. That's just not the motive of it. So we've got, to, we've got to learn, Lord, this is a situation. And I can't, in myself, I can't change. Help me to get adjusted to this. <laughs> now my wife sitting over here, she's a city girl. But I tell it, tell it on her that uh, we went to a farm one day and a cow walked up to the, to the fence. And the wife said, what's this thing over there? That's a horn, That's a horn. And uh, we turned to walk away, and the old cow, mm, she said he blew with it. <laughs> no, she was. She's a city girl. I love camping. 
and fishing. I was an outdoors person. And uh, I love to go, you know, spend a weekend in a tent. She liked holiday in. And we had to do some adjusting. A little difficult when we start with. But you have to learn to get adjusted. You say, well, here's a couple so much alike. They got along real good. Normally the people that get along good are the, are the opposite. They learn to get adjusted. Learn to get adjusted. That's what you got to do in your, in your home life. That's how, that's how she got adjusted. She could have been down on Mabel, but she was not. She never did the same as all. At least she said, I know someone you ought to know. If I'd hate somebody, I wouldn't want them to get saved. Huh? Here, here she had to learn to get adjusted. I'm going to run up the wheel about a few thousand years. If you remember from where this girl was, was probably in Damascus. And uh, when Naaman went down to the Jordan to be baptized, he was on the only road that left from Damascus to Jerusalem. <laughs> run, the, run the time up a little bit far, if you would. Coming down that same road, there was a man with hatred in his heart. He was on his way to Damascus to kill every Christian. He could. And those that couldn't kill, he's going to put in prison. You know him, don't you? His name was Saul. And God changed it to Paul. And I just, I just have to believe this. That going down that road before God ever touched Paul, I believe, see, Paul was not a dumb man. I mean, you can, you can mention anything in this Old Testament, and Paul would know about it. I mean, he, he was a learned man. I mean, it's, it's Old Testament. Old Testament was, I mean, he, he knew it like the pebbles in the backyard. He knew it. Could have been going down that road that day. <laughs> Little girl long since been gone. Naaman got healed, but he had to die some way, didn't he? I mean, it's things all, all, I mean, it's changed completely. But here I see Paul coming down the road. It's Paul saying, you know, you know, uh, I was reading about a man coming down this road one day, and his name was Naaman. That's what God's really working on his heart, man. See, we, we don't, he didn't write all the story. We don't know all of it. But you see, Paul stood there one day, with the cloaks from off of Deacon Stephen's lined his feet and watched them kill him. He heard the words that Deacon Stephen said. And Paul went home that night. They blew the lamp out, but the room wouldn't get dark. Well, that, that Deacon's life was, I mean, keeping him awake. And I believe God was working his heart. That day going down the Damascus road, same road, the Naaman walk where Paul got saved. What I'm saying. I said that little girl didn't know a good day from a bad day just like you and I. You can't tell what God had written down history 
But it could have been the testimony of that little Jewish girl as a maid in the house of Nathan. There's a very reason you and I have got this Bible tonight. Because Paul was the one that went west and carried this Bible. That on this fifth day, fifteenth day of February, we can sit here tonight and read this book. Could it be because that little girl sang the name of the song that got Paul right and brought the world, the word to us? You never know. When you get adjusted to where you are and what you're doing, when you get adjusted to it, it's untold what God can do. Kind of sad to say, church, Christianity, unless you're a mega church with all the do's and don'ts, drums, you know, and big shows, not very popular. Really Bible-believing Christians are under attack tonight. So while we are, let's get adjusted. Say, God, whatever you want to do with me and Father in these days, do it. The only help, the only help that North Carolina has tonight is in men and women just like you. It's not going to be the lawyer. It's not going to be the ones that graduated from the elite school. It's going to be those folks that know God that has the answer to the problems. I don't have time to get into this, but how many men can you know in my book and yours that God aroused them and a nation was changed because they looked in the book of God? So I'm told, church I'm pastoring, Brother Jerry, the church you're pastor, never go down in North Carolina history. Sure to not go down in American history. That's a reason from the third century after Constantine got baptized. So we had the old state church that came in third century and for 1,400 years. I mean, we far far as it, it was there. I mean, I mean the, the good Baptist folks been all the time. You see, they just didn't record it. Just the big mega churches that, that came out of Constantine, which was the Catholic Church. They'll be known for that. But they're still right there. Okay, when bad gets the worse, I'm glad God's got a little crowd that knows how to get hold of God that can change the course of a state or a nation. Get adjusted where you are I'm, I'm, I'm worse I, I don't have any patience I have I have a difficult time my wife can tell you this I have a difficult time waiting on traffic light check and, uh, I really do I really do and uh, of course she accused me of running for the change but anyhow let's have patience and wait on God and say Lord whatever you want to do in my life I want to get just 
I wanted to be a pilot when I was going to Well, I did. I got my license and flew for a while. I found out that's too expensive, uh, hardly for a preacher. But that, that, was, that was what I wanted to do. And I had to get adjusted to other things in life. But I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't trade these years living for God, traveling over 12, 15 worlds like we've got. I wouldn't take anything on. I really wouldn't. Just learn to get adjusted where you are. Whatever situation, your homes and your jobs, just say, Lord, help me to get adjusted. Some things I, I have no power or authority to change. So God, you help me. I don't talk, I don't talk about compromising. I talk about adjusting the things you can't change. Our Father, thank you for these few minutes that we've had together. I want to thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for these couple that's gathered here and for their dear pastor. I pray for him, his wife, his family. I pray for this church family. I realize what Randy falls on. Don't think they need this church and this people. Lord, you know they do. Help them to become aware they're just not old Joe down on the side of the road. We are God's people on an eternal message. Eternal message we have. I pray you, Lord, you'd help us to get adjusted. Do what needs to be done. Take this church, Lord. Use it for the glory of God. So many people, Lord, on drugs and everything else that's wrecked and ruined, robbing homes and destroying lives. Oh, God, they don't answer to those questions. It's an old-fashioned church loving God. Preaching the word of the Lord and living the word of God. And offer man hope. And there seems to be no hope. I'm glad, thank God in you, there is hope. Breathe upon this people. Lord God, you put your church here. You loved your church. You died for your church. You're coming back for the church. And Lord, she's not anemic tonight. Help her to throw herself on the good mercy and grace of God. And what you do, what you want to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.